Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Let's Sleep On It, Reclaiming Parenthood, the podcast. And I'm your host, Taylor Kulik, a sleep and well-being specialist and occupational therapist. My mission with this podcast is to examine the parenting narratives that dominate our culture and grow together as parents. Here, we will talk about biological infant sleep, as well as many other parenting-related topics. And you'll also hear real empowering journeys from parents who are parenting against the grain. I hope that you walk away from each episode feeling inspired, empowered, and supported. Please remember that none of the information shared in this podcast is medical advice, and you should always speak with a trusted healthcare provider if you have any concerns. Let's dive into today's episode. I wanted to take a moment to tell you guys about my favorite baby food brand. So I actually don't buy a lot of baby food and I don't use it a lot, but I do like to have some baby food, some pouches on hand just for those moments where I feel like I need something convenient or I need to just throw something in my diaper bag and go. So my favorite baby food brand and really the only one we use now is Serenity Kids. The reason that I love Serenity Kids so much is because they focus on nutrient-dense foods such as pasture-raised and grass-fed meat and organic vegetables. So I know that the quality is amazing and I feel safe and confident feeding it to my baby. You can go to myserenitykids.com and use the code TaylorKulik15 at checkout to save 15% off your order. Welcome back. This week, I am back with my friend Alicia Cruz of um, her Instagram page is at Instinctual Birthing. And we are continuing our conversation from last week about who is the parenting authority um, and following your intuition. And so if you missed last week's episode, I would recommend going back to last week's episode, listening to that, and then coming back and tuning in for the second half. And I don't, okay. So Alicia, you and I were talking about this yesterday. I don't want to talk too much about it here. Cause I feel like I actually maybe need to do a separate podcast episode about this and find somebody who knows more about it, but we were talking about intuition versus instinct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I need to find somebody who is more like knows about the differences, but so intuition is like your, what your heart tells you, what you just can't like unconsciously know and feel to be right. Um, while instinct is like a trigger, it's like, what are you triggered to do? What is your reaction, your immediate reaction to do something? And so, um, I've kind of tried to change the language that I use in the past from follow your instincts to follow your intuition, because I think that it's possible that for a lot of us, we have instincts to do things that maybe go against our intuition because we've, um, we've basically been trained to do that. right? Right. Um, you know, like in the case of, I'm trying to think of an example, But, oh, so when I was, when my daughter was a baby, you know, I've I've told my story about her, our journey with her sleep. My instinct was that I needed to sleep train her because that's what everyone was telling me. And because it was coming from a place of fear, I was Mm -hmm. fearful that she would never learn to sleep on her own or that I was failing her or that I was doing something wrong. And so my instinct out of fear was that I needed to sleep train her while my intuition when I just really, you know, got still and silent and thought about what feels right, what feels not so great for me, my intuition told me to always pick her up and always respond to her and not leave her alone and to bring her into bed with me. And that's how we got sleep. So I think maybe it's a matter of realizing that sometimes 
our instincts can tell us something that might not align with what our intuition is telling us and trying to listen instead to our intuition. Right. Yeah. Which makes me think maybe I need to change my name on my Instagram handle. <laughs> Intuitional birth. Yeah. Yeah. Intuitive. Uh, intuitive, intuitive birthing. There I might already be, be a handle I'm, with intuition. I'm sure there, I'm sure there is. Maybe think, I'll just, I'll just leave it. I think it's great. I still think it applies, but uh, yeah, it is um, interesting. Yeah. I think you're, you're, you're right. You know how you were talking about, you know, with your daughter, how in, you know, our instincts, our reaction may be saying one thing, but our intuition may be saying something else. Um, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head with so much of the decisions that we make today, not just you and I, but all, all of us are fear-based. Mm-hmm. Especially and parenting decisions. Absolutely. How can we as parents think of things objectively so we can be sure and confident in our choices that we're making them based off of sound, solid information that resonate with us intuitively and not just a knee-jerk, fear-based reaction. Um right. I, I want to say too, like a lot of the messages I get, I get a lot of parenting questions. Um, most of what I get is, is birth, but I'll, you know, I get stuff about um, sleep training and breastfeeding and all of that. And I think that so many people, I think, like you said, intuitively know, but they're afraid to tell other people or ask questions like, you know, if, if their doctor is saying, oh, you need to sleep train, you know, don't bed share, they, that puts, that plants a seed of doubt. And then they start questioning things. And I think a lot of us are taught from a very young age to be people pleasers. And I think we don't want to disappoint. Um, and I think when doctors hold that position of authority in our lives, not just doctors, but any, anybody, we don't want to disappoint them with our decisions and our choices mm -hmm. so I I do get questions like that you know well, my doctor said this but I don't want to tell them but but I think I really should you know put my baby in bed with me or whatever you know so there's there's this conflict mm -hmm. definitely yeah yeah and you know I I get the same I get messages and it almost seems like sometimes when I get messages or questions it's really that people are just asking for permission Yes. to say no or to set boundaries or to be honest yeah. with their doctor. And mm -hmm. it's, it's so interesting to me. I understand it because I was there too once. Um, mm -hmm. And so maybe that's the, maybe that's one of the solutions we can offer is mm -hmm. permission, permission to do things differently than what somebody, whoever that person is, whether it's your, your own mother or your pediatrician or um, you know, whoever you can, you can choose to make decisions different from what they are telling you to do. Mm -hmm. um, and you can, it's okay to listen to your intuition. Mm -hmm. You don't have oh, to go again. You don't have to do everything definitely. your friends are doing or, you know, everything that your doctor is telling you to do. And there one, so I do want to talk about this too, just quickly, how this kind of ties into like, why, what, one of the reasons why this is so important. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, of course, why it's important to listen to your intuition um, and parent the way that you feel called to, or you feel, you know, you feel is right. 
But one of the reasons actually ties into your relationship with your child. So Dr. Gordon Neufeld, who is an amazing, um, I, I believe he's a psychologist. He's a like a developmental psychologist, but his, he's just amazing. And if you aren't familiar with him, um, a lot of my training for my, the sleep certification I took and the sleep support that I do is based on the work of Dr. Gordon Neufeld. But he, you know, talks about that in an attachment relationship, there is a hierarchy. So there's always a dependent and there's always a caregiver or leader. So of course, in a parent-child relationship, the child is supposed to be the dependent and the parent is supposed to be the caregiver or leader. So it's really important as parents that we are confident and that we are making decisions with confident. We're sure of our, our own skills. We know that we are the answer for our child. Again, I'm not saying that we never need external guidance, but for the most part, we are the answer for our child and we can be confident and, and allow them to, to see and to understand that we are there for them. We're going to get their needs met and that we are confident in being their caregiver. And what can happen if we're looking at reading all the baby books and, you know, really unsure and not confident about ourselves as our children can pick up on this. And it can then contribute to them kind of getting into that, defaulting into that leader role. The child, the child can default into that leader role. So it's just a really interesting kind of concept that I've actually experienced with my own daughter. Highly sensitive children are um, even more likely to default to that leader role. And so it's really important to be confident as parents. Um, and so that, and I think that's a, a lot of what our issues are now with our children, whether it's, you know, quote unquote, behavioral issues, behavior is a form of communication, right? Mm -hmm. If a child is, um, you know, acting out or, you know, doing things and we just don't understand why they're doing it, we have to first look at the parent-child relationship. Are we showing our children that we are reliable and confident and that we will meet all of their needs? And it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. You know, we all, we all have questions. We all need answers. We all need help. But when it's, we're, we're constantly doubting ourselves and our ability to parent our child, our children pick up on that. They see that mm -hmm. and they, and, and the, the relationship dynamic can get really tricky. That's interesting. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah, it is, but it makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite books. So my two favorite parenting books are Dr. Gordon Neufeld's book, which is called hold on to your kids. And then mm -hmm. also Deborah McNamara's book, which is called rest, play, grow. Her book mm -hmm. is more relevant for like toddler preschool age. Um, and then Dr. Gordon Neufeld's book is more, it's, it's gr a great read for any parent, but it's more applicable to like kids and preteens and teenagers. Uh, but those are amazing books. I mean, they're, they were transformative for me. I feel like we've hit so many topics, oh, yeah. but it all goes back to as well, like this idea of reparenting, like focusing on your triggers and then, then that in, in and of itself can help you feel confident and calm, but also lean into your intuition because when mm -hmm. you're maybe understanding that there's a difference between, between instinct and intuition, you can be more conscious and aware of your own intuition and what, and the way that you want to parent. Mm -hmm. Did you remember what you were going to say? Yes. You said, you know, it's okay to change our minds. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I think, uh, you know, people don't like that. You know, if you say, if you change your views on something, you know, especially if you're, if you're um, in a public, you know, ha have a platform like Instagram, this hasn't happened to me personally, but I've seen it happen with other people on Instagram with maybe larger followings. You know, if someone has a, a change of heart or a change of mind and they go public with that, you know, it's like they are attacked because we're not allowed to change our minds about anything. And I, I think that's crazy because, you know, part of, part of growing and learning and just being a person is growing, learning, evolving, and it's okay to change our minds. Uh, I tell people all the time that, you know, especially with a medical mindset, I've had to unlearn and relearn so much. Yes and unpack a lot of stuff and I'm still I'm still doing it yes and I don't think that will ever end uh, I will be doing that for the rest of my life because I still have tendencies and you know that I have to work on absolutely and you know it's change, being able to change your mind and admit that you change your mind or maybe you were wrong or didn't have all of the information I think takes a lot of vulnerability and courage mm -hmm. and I think that's really mm -hmm. you know that's it's great to have that um, ability. And the other thing is, you know, when I'm talking, saying, you know, that we need to find our confidence as parents, it's not, that doesn't mean that you need to have confidence that you're right, you know? Right, right. It's not about being right. It's about being confident that you are the answer for your child. And that doesn't mean that you can't change your mind or that you can't be unsure of something. But I think it's, it's different than being like sure that you have all of the answers and that you're right. It's just knowing that, I think finding a little bit more calm too, and kind of being able to tune out the fear-based messages that you know um, maybe aren't rooted in truth. One hundred percent. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, yeah. Makes makes total sense. I mean, I I I think I'm I'm a confident person. I'm a confident parent, but I'm also you know like when I when my husband and I when we make decisions for our children, you know, this is where we're at right now you know, this is the choices or these are the choices or these, are the, these are the decisions that we're making right now, but those may not be the same choices and decisions we're making five years from now. Right. You know, th things can change. And, you know, as we learn and grow, we have to adapt to that. And I think that is, like you said, it's, it's really hard to do that because you do have to, it has to come from a place of vulnerability, humility, Mm -hmm. which I'm not a humble person. So that <laughs> is really either. hard for me. So, you know, it's to say, you know what? I was totally wrong about that. And I've done that several, several times as a parent. I was totally wrong about that. I mean, there's lots of choices I've made as a parent that I'm really regretful about. Um, I think probably most every parent could probably say the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but when you know better, you do better. Yeah. Hopefully. And I, yeah. Hopefully. And I think that having that humility to be open-minded is part of this too, because, and I think that ties back into, you know, a lot of times pediatricians are, again, not all pediatricians, but a lot of them are so, like you said before, it's one size fits all. It's very mm -hmm. black and white thinking there. There's not for a lot of uh, parents, they don't experience really open conversations with their pediatricians other than like, this is, you know, by the book, this is what you need to do. And mm -hmm. so 
where is I going with that? Like as a parent, I think that can be difficult. It can be difficult to keep your mind open and change your mind about things or, or seek different information, new information when you have maybe like a health paradigm that is very much the opposite of that. And that's my struggle. You know, that's my struggle with this and my page. And, you know, when I share about bed sharing, my problem isn't that people don't, some people don't want to bed share. My problem is Mm -hmm. that some people want to control everybody else and not be open-minded to the fact that there can be different realities and different right, quote unquote, right ways to do things for different families. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. here saying that everybody needs to bed share. I'm not saying, I'm not here saying that nobody can sleep train or sorry, nobody, nobody can wait. Yeah. Nobody can sleep train. I'm not saying that I'm just providing an alternative, like, and I'm not on sleep trainers pages telling them that they're dangerous and they need to stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's all have freedom. Let's have access to good information and make decisions Mm -hmm. that work for our families that aren't rooted in fear, especially the Mm -hmm. false, the false fear, because a lot of that fear, like we talked about before is not actually rooted in, um, reality. It's not actually evidence-based. It's not, you know, it has nothing to do with how our children actually develop. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot. There's a lot. We've talked it. We've covered a lot in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. We have. get a glimpse into our, how our conversations. Oh my go. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Our real life conversations are yes. like this and, and probably hours, lo- hours longer and much more in depth. Yes. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll say real quick too, like you on your page, you get way more of that than I do. I mean, I might occasionally every once in a blue moon, have a negative comment or somebody say, you know, Oh, what you're saying is dangerous or whatever, whatever. But, um, you know, uh, it is what it is. And I I think we we're having, you know, lots of issues now with, um, people want to control, like you said, what you say, the information you share, you know, censorship, like there only needs to be one kind of, you know, only one way to do this, only one way to do that. Um, you know, I've had people, you know, say to me that, you know, it's dangerous for me to say that home birth is safe or that it's dangerous for me to say that hospital birth is unsafe. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just think that's poppycock. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the people don't have to agree with you, but. No, no. Why are we trying? And that's. That's another issue. Yeah, I know. I could have a whole, we could have a whole nother episode about this. When we censor, when we censor ideas that we don't agree with. So if we, so if we censor everything related to bed sharing and not sleep trading, which is, I mean, it's wild to think that that's ever something that people would want to silence about, like, you know, more attachment parenting, responsive parenting. But if we censor that, which a lot of people want to do, a lot of people want to silence me and get me off Instagram so that I'm not sharing this information. How do parents ever have all of the information and make a choice that aligns with them? That is what is so concerning to me. It is. It's really concerning. Um, And I think, you know, those, the people that are trying to do that, you know, they, you know, however they come to the conclusion in their mind that, you know, what you or anyone else or me, what we're sharing is dangerous that, well, because I think it's dangerous, I need, you know, I need to silence you. Yeah. And that is, you know, but that goes against really what you and I are 
really about. You know, I think I think people should have access to all the information, even information that even me personally that I may think is dangerous. Right. You know, um, I could say, you know, all kinds of things about what I personally think about, you know, hospital birth, for instance, but I'm not going to share I'm not going to tell someone, oh, well, you know, if you birth in the hospital, you know, that's dangerous or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think you should have that option. I, I just don't, you know, I'm not going to, I wouldn't do that. Right. Cause yeah. everybody needs to make that choice and right. somebody's situation might be different than yours. Right. And, and for those of you that don't know, Alicia has had home births and hospital births. So mm-hmm. she's, she's been through it all. And yeah. right. And you had a, an emergency C-section that was truly yep. an emergency C-section. Yep. And you've told me before that you are grateful that, you know, cause I think one Absolutely. of the first things that people say when you talk about home birth or, or talk about how C-section um, rates are too high, uh, you know, they, they discount, we're not allowed to have these open discussions because it, like you said, it's, it's the um, black and white thinking of, well, if you're criticizing the system or the paradigm, then you are totally against it. But that's not the case. You know, we know right. that medical interventions specifically during birth have a place, but they mm-hmm. are also overused. So for sure, I just wanted to throw that out there. Cause I know a lot of people probably don't know you and your story. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, uh, my first two were hospital births. My first one was a 32 hour Pitocin induction. Uh, my third was a home birth. My fourth was an emergency C-section. Um, she was a transverse lie and had a um, arm and shoulder presentation. So she was sideways with her, her arm literally hanging down and out. Um, and then my fifth was a um, home birth. So, you know, Amazing. yeah, I think that, and I've had three miscarriages. Uh, like I mentioned before, you know, I, I had a, a hemorrhage with um, my second miscarriage. So I think maybe that's why um, I resonate with a lot of people. And maybe that's the reason why I haven't had a whole lot of negativity, which I'm grateful for on my page is because I speak from experience Mm -hmm. with all different types of birth, you know, and I've been through those things myself. So when someone's asking me a question about, Oh, well, what would you do? What should I do? I can say, well, this is my experience. And you know, this is, this is what I did. And these are the resources I looked into. And maybe this can help you out. Maybe this can help you come to the decision that's best for you. Right. Which is what we would hope that medical professionals are also doing. And they, unfortunately, most of them, many of them are not. So like you said, they're not neutral. No, they're not neutral. And so when we see, when we, you know, I mean, it's hard to say that, but I was going to say, when we see somebody that's not neutral, Mm-hmm. we should be question asking more questions and kind of digging into that. But I'm also not mm-hmm. neutral. You know, none of us are neutral. Right. But am I telling, am I telling you exactly what you need to do? Am I telling you that you're a bad parent? If you do right. one thing versus the other, am I telling you that you're ruining your child? You know, are you right. doing that? Are you telling women that their child is going to die? Their baby's going right. to die if they make a, a, a certain decision in birth. Like those, that's yeah. the kind of language that's really harmful. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't, we shouldn't bring this fear mongering, this emotion into, you know, the information that we're sharing as, and I say we, but I'm, I'm talking, I'm, again, I don't consider myself like a professional, like an expert, but, um, you know, people do. So we need to share the information in a non-biased way, free of shaming and coercion and judgment and, mm-hmm. 
fear mongering that's just not true. And you know what I always tell parents too is when you're talking to your pediatrician and they say something that just seems totally absurd. I'm trying to think of an example that I got recently because I get these messages every day. Um, you're allowed to ask them why, or can you show me? Absolutely. Can you yeah, show me, me the evidence? Yeah. Show me the evidence. Tell me why you're making that statement to me or making that claim to me. I'd like to see the information about that. Yeah. Chances I, are they're not going to have anything to show you. No, no. I, I've even said to, you know, um, a pediatrician, um, before that, you know, that said something kind of rude, you know, a very, you know, they were sharing their opinion in a, in a not very nice way, you know, and I said, well, first of all, you know, why would you speak to me that way? Because I'm employing you, I'm employing you, you, I am paying you for a service. You know, this, this is part of the power balance too, you know, when we go to a doctor, you know, they're not the authority over us. They're, they are one of many tools in our toolbox. And I am the employer. The doctor is the employee. If you are giving me advice or you're being rude to me, or like you said, you know, um, being disrespectful, using coercion or fear-based, whatever, I can ask you anything I want to. And you, the provider, you have to be able to back up what you're saying with evidence, right? Sound evidence. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So to kind of come full circle, cause we've talked about so many things, which I think are all related. And I think it was really yeah, yeah. helpful to dive into that stuff, but we started talking about, you know, who is the authority over our mm-hmm. kids. And I don't mean mm-hmm. that in like, an, like, you know, a what is it? Authoritarian? Wait, is it authoritarian or authoritative? I always get the two parenting styles mixed up, but I don't mean that in like a, you're, you're the authority over your parents. You get to boss them around. I'm saying like, who, who is in charge of our kids, of raising our kids, of guiding them, of making decisions for them when they need people to make decisions for them. Um, Mm -hmm. and ultimately it's us. So it's, it's not the pediatricians. It's not your mom, it's not their grandma, right. you know, it's us. And mm-hmm. you, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to challenge healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it rudely. You know, you, it's not rude to Definitely. challenge it's, And like you said yeah. before, it's hard for us to set boundaries. And I think it's hard for, um, all of us to kind of, to be assertive, assertiveness, especially mm-hmm. from women is oh, yeah. viewed as aggressiveness and it's sure. viewed in the negative light. I get this all the time. I'm very assertive and I, I speak my mind and especially on you know my Instagram account. And I get told that I'm aggressive for speaking my mind and for stating my boundaries, but it's not, this is a societal problem. So mm-hmm. we need more of that. Yeah. We need more of that. It's okay for you to be assertive. It's also okay for you to tell your doctor, I don't want to answer that question. If they're asking you yeah. about something that's not medical related, like sleep, Mm-hmm. I don't, we're, we're doing okay. I don't feel like I need to speak with this, with right, you about right. this right now. That's okay. And it's, and it's okay for you to say no. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're with a doctor in the hospital with your kid's pediatrician or, you know, with an OB, with a midwife, whatever, and they're saying, oh, you know, we need, we're going to do this next or, you know, we're, we should do this. You can say no, thank you. And you don't have to give a reason. No is a complete sentence. No right? is a complete sentence. Yes. You don't have to give a reason. I think that's yourself. I get that kind of question all the time from people, you know, well, my doctor told me this. Well, how, what do I say back to them? Mm-hmm. No. Yep. The end. 
you don't have to, you know, you don't, the burden is not on you to show the medical provider evidence of why you are saying no or why you're doing whatever. Right. You don't have to do that. Yeah. And also when we're talking, especially when we're talking about pediatric care, Mm-hmm. And how doctors are, you know, have, have kind of made a lot of like lifestyle and parenting choices within their scope of practice. Know that if doctors are giving parenting advice or sleep advice or whatever, they're doing so from their own personal opinions and experience, right? That's not right. a medical thing. That there's not a right or wrong. So know that too, right. because there's a lot of confusion. It's a confusing dynamic. When Mm -hmm. you think that the doctor, you feel that the doctor is the authority because you've been told that, and they're asking you then questions about non-medical issues, it it can be really confusing. And I think that's actually, I personally think that that is dangerous the way, the way that we do that. I don't know that I have a, an answer, like a solution for that, but I think it's really problematic. So yeah, that was a great, a great discussion. Oh, and the one, the other thing that I wanted to reemphasize is that intuition is a valid source of knowledge and information. It's okay for you to listen yeah. to the, the science, the research, listen to what your doctor says, and also listen to your intuition and then find a balance and make a decision that feels, you know, feels right to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to start think- valuing intuition more. Absolutely. I think for me, it's probably the most valuable source. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, you know, if, if someone's telling you, not just a doctor, anybody, if someone's telling you something that doesn't sit well with you or doesn't resonate with you, you know, there's just something deep inside. You're just like, oh, that, that, I don't like that, you know, or Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense to me or whatever. That is, that's your intuition, you know, helping you or guiding you to, you know, maybe further question that or, you know, really dig into that more. So yeah. Yeah, I, and, I and there's research. There's research about following your intuition yeah. and how people oh, that yeah. follow their intuition are more successful or perform better or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So why is that not yeah. true in parenting though? Why you yeah. know it, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, well, thanks for thanks for chatting with me, Alicia. We'll have to do it. Oh, again. you're welcome. We could do probably yeah. 30 more episodes just oh, rambling oh, about could, yes. the same we thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, sure. Okay, can yeah, you we'll remind have... huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I said we- I said we should uh, we should come up with an, another topic, and 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 do some more because these are these yeah, are fun. They are fun. Can you remind us where we can find you? Sure, um, at Instinctual Birthing on Instagram. She might that's be changing my, the name though. I don't that's know. My, yeah, I'm, I'm probably <laughs> gonna, I'm probably gonna leave, leave it. it. Yeah, I'll it leave works. It. I'll leave it. It works. Yeah, I'll leave it. Yeah, for for all things birthy. All things so birthy. That's that's my um wheelhouse I'm, I'm definitely not a birth expert but I do love it and um yeah yeah you've had five kids I think you're a birth expert yeah yeah well maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well thank you take care you're welcome. thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode If you did, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps our message reach more parents. You can also follow me on Instagram at Taylor Kulik for similar content or visit my website at www.taylorkulik.com. 
I offer online courses where we really dive into infant and toddler sleep holistically. And we also offer one-to-one holistic sleep support services if you're looking to improve your child's sleep or shift patterns without sleep training. If you know a parent who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And if you'd like to financially support this podcast to allow me to create more episodes more often, you can visit anchor.fm slash Taylor Kulik. I hope you'll join me next time.